It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. We're talking about practice. Hello, you play to win the game. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one. Happy 2000. No time on the clock, and the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. George, open. Chicago with the. Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mark. And we are back after a nice free day on Wednesday. Below the Mic is here with me, Errol Marks, and my co-host, Mr. Vibrator himself, Mr. Speedy Petey. As you know, you can follow us by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Again, it's worldwidesportsradio.com. You can search us and follow us on all our social medias by going to Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube, Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can follow us on Radio.com. You can follow us on TuneIn Radio, and you can follow us on iHeartRadio as our shows are live on all those different platforms. Mr. Speedy Beatty, what is going on, my friend? How's the vibrator doing? Oh, God. Nothing has been sold yet. Nothing has been sold. you will never know. Well, I, I do want to know because I think this would be great for the show and something that we can sell on live radio. What do you think about that? No, I'm not having, selling it on live radio. Having, <laughs> having no way that's Speedy's happening. own vibrator for no, sale no, on the Worldwide no, Sports Radio Network internet happening. website. Not what do you think? Happening with your face on the you know the the head of it. What do no, you think? No, not happening. A nice smile with your magical coat on it. <laughs> God, <laughs> why not? Oh, yeah, I think gosh. it would be great. I think it would be a great option. I'm sure, for you. you do. I think we could sell a lot of them, and I think guys like Andrew, Anthony Andreosi or or Tyler Harrison or even Mike Guido could use such a beautiful, beautiful weapon. What do you think? A weapon? Yeah, a weapon. So now they're gonna. Now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna sell weapons to people. Well, you have the magical weapon. You know so... how to use it. You know how to show it. And you do it politely. So if there is a crime that is committed, I would be associated with it because I sold them the weapon. Yes. Well, wow. the, uh, all a right. weapon no, that'll, of vibrating expectation. That'll only help further things. Not. All right. As you guys know, below the mic, we always go to the week in sports news, which is not many. But here we go. There are three favorites named for Cam Newton's 2020 Week 1 teams that he could go to. And the number one team right now, believe it or not, is the Washington Redskins. Everybody knows Juan Rivera is now running that organization, that team. He brings in Allen. He's got Haskins there. And now there are stories coming out that Cam Newton has the best chance of going and signing with the Washington Redskins. If that happens, it's bye-bye Haskins. Mm-hmm. Bruce Arians' perception that Tom Brady can't throw the deep ball just wrong. Well, Bruce Arians came out today and yesterday when people keep asking, the press keeps asking him, does Tom Brady have the arm strength to get the ball down the field with the Buccaneers? And he thought it was absolutely crazy asking a six-time, arguing the point that the six-time World champion Tom Brady couldn't throw a 50, 60-yard pass down the field. He thinks it's absolutely and utterly ridiculous. 
Lamar Jackson sues Amazon over the alleged Action Jackson ripoff. Lamar Jackson says Amazon is selling clothes that have straight-up rip-off nicknames for him on their shirts. Rip-off. Yes. So now he is suing the multi-billionaire, the richest man in the world. And <laughs> Good luck company. with that. So there you go. A history of haters wrongful disrespecting Lamar Jackson, a.k.a. Tyler Harrison. There's a story coming out right now on Sport- Pro Sports Daily. You can check it out. Uh, All the accomplishments that Lamar Jackson has had this year, and obviously winning the MVP of the the league, he's not getting all the credit. A lot of people giving his team the credit and the players around him the credit and not giving Lamar Jackson with all his numbers, his passing rating, and how his numbers got better the year from the year before and really showed everybody that he could play in the regular season. We still don't know if he could play in the playoffs, but... It's utter nonsense thinking that this guy can't play in the NFL. The NBA reducing salaries of top executives, including Adam Silver, by 20% amid the coronavirus pandemic. Well, obviously, because of the season and the change of the season, 20% of the executives are not going to be making the money that they thought they would be making this year because of the corona epidemic. LeBron James says there's no excitement crying or joy without fans. So LeBron James saying that, you know, he misses basketball. He can't wait until basketball can start going forward. But he's also saying that the fans crying and loving them, it doesn't make a difference. The fact is, is we need to get on the court and do what we do best. And the Knicks. President Leon Rose reportedly impressed with interim coach Mike Miller. It's uh-oh time for the New York Knicks, if that's the case. And that is the story and the week in sports if the Knicks do not interview Mr. Jackson, Mr. Van Gundy, and Mr. Tim, Tom Thibodeau, and possibly the ex-Kenny Atkins, the ex-coach That's I want, yeah. of the New Jersey or the Brooklyn Nets, mm-hmm. it will be a, an absolute catastrophe. So... I don't know what, and I, I, coming out with this story doesn't help the New York Knicks moving forward. If Leon Rose thinks, thinks that Mike Miller is the answer for the New York Knicks moving forward, <laughs> it's a big that. no. <laughs> Everyone wanted Kurt Rambis to stay coach with Phil Jackson. How'd that work? Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> and, I, and to me, it's like me taking a baseball bat and beating ba- Speedy in the back of the head during a live show. You know, It, it doesn't make sense, even though it kind of does. What do you think, Speedy? A paddle no, in the back of the head? It, do- it, doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But keep telling yourself. Uh, well, I think it, it does make sense. But anyways, uh, I do want to get into a couple of stories. Obviously, it just came out that John Jones got arrested again. And now, uh, aggravated situation with guns. He was caught with a gun. So, uh, John Jones does not help himself out. Yes, he's one of the world-class MMA fighters that the UFC produces. And really, what MMA is all about is John Jones and Conor McGregor, and some of the guys that we talk about on these shows all the time. But John Jones is the big superstar of the UFC, and this guy can't stay out of the tabloids. He can't stay out of TMZ. TMZ reported this. This is a guy that can't stay out of trouble. In the last four years, this guy has been in trouble, not once, not twice, but three times, and this is number four. And two of them were steroids, one of them was cocaine, and now this is an aggravated gun charge. So uh, John Jones is always and forever will be 
in the tabloids for the UFC. Is it good? It's good for the UFC right now because there's nothing to be talked about. But um, this is bad, and I, I do think the UFC will suspend John Jones if this is quite true, which I believe it is. He's going to be suspended for a significant amount of time, so you might not even see John Jones until November or December of this year because he could be suspended for five or six months if this is quite true. But I believe it's true because he got arrested with a gun which he's probably not licensed for in the state that he ha- he got caught with the gun. I did not read the report, but it is popping up on the TV right now, just in, that John Jones was arrested. So, But I really wanted to get into this particular topic because today Jillian and Ricky posted up Tyler Harrison and Mike Guido's top catchers and top first basemen's in the major list. I'm still questioning if Tyler's list is actually his list of everything he has said on his show. <laughs> I have a lot of questions. Well, he's talking about what he – because of last year, what he thinks that the list is going to be this year. That's what he – his prediction. It's a prediction of this year's top catchers, this year's top first baseman. Because I, I, I will go through our list, and I will go through their list first because I completely disagree with both of them on the way they, they, they pretty much pick their list. But – Again, it's their own opinion. Let's go through, get some music in the background, Speedy. I'm going to go through their top ten. First, we're going to go through first baseman. And then then Speedy's going to go through his top first baseman in order, and then I'm going to go through my top first baseman. And we're going to agree or disagree on Tyler and Mike Guido's, you know, choices of the top first baseman and top catchers. By the way, you can call us at 631-971-8070. Again, the number is 631-971-8070. You can also call us at 631-965-4990. Again, the number is 631-965-4990. If you want to argue your points, I'm sure Tyler will call. And I'm sure you'll hear from Guido after we attack their list. (laughs) All right, are we ready? We are ready. All right, hit the music. Let's go. Here we go. Tyler's top 10 first baseman. Number one, Freddie Freeman from the Atlanta Braves. Number two, Jose Abreu from the Chicago White Sox. Number three, Yuli Gurriel, Houston Astros. Number four, Anthony Rizzo, Chicago Cubs. Number five, Pete Alonso, New York Mets. Number six, Josh Bell from the Pittsburgh Pirates. Number seven, Carlos Santana, Cleveland Indians. Number eight, Paul Goldschmidt, St. Louis Cardinals. Number nine, Matt Olson from the Oakland Athletics. And number 10, Max Muncie. So that's Tyler's. Now Guido's. Mike Guido, a.k.a. the Beef Pad. Number one, Freddie Freeman. Number two, Paul Goldschmidt. Number three, Anthony Rizzo. Number four, Pete Alonzo. Number five, Joey Vato. Number six, Jose Abreu. Number seven, 
Yuli Goriel. Number eight, Max Muncy. Number nine, Josh Bell. And number 10, Carlos Santana. All right, Speedy. Now, we'll go through ours and we'll argue why we disagree with theirs. Yeah. For one thing, I, I really am not convinced Tyler's list is fully his list. There's no way he put up Rayu and Guriel up there from everything I've heard. He pr- preaches defense, so I'm surprised. All right, so my number one is Goldschmidt because I think he's the most well-rounded. I can see their argument for Freeman because Freeman's my number two. I can see their argument for Freeman as one just because he's a more consistent overall hitter, but Goldschmidt could steal bases. He could hit, hit the opposite way, not that Freeman can't. Great defender, and I think he's just been, I think, a little more consistent as a whole when it comes to season to season, and with less help around, and the Braves have had really good teams lately. They also had really bad teams and stretches of Freeman's career, but the Diamondbacks, for the most part, haven't been as Come good on, a team Speedy, as the Braves. Come on, Speedy, we're not going so, for a whole life story. Here. So Goldschmidt's one, Freeman's two for me, Anthony Rizzo's number three. He's not far behind either. He's, he could do pretty much everything. He's one of the best on-base percentage guys. Power, defense, he does everything too. So he's number three. Number four is Joey Votto the best vision at the plate in the entire league. Best on base percentage for a while, and he's a great defender, too. I know he did a bad year last year. That's probably why Tyler put him down, but that's that's not his whole career. His whole career, his track record's phenomenal. Number five is Alonzo for me. Very good opening season for him. Better defensively than I thought, too, from what a lot of Met fans were saying. He wasn't going to be good defensively. And obviously, 53 home runs. He'll regress a little, but he improved a lot in other areas in the second half of the season, too. Number six for me is Eric Hosmer. I think he's been very underrated for a long time. Great playoff player for Kansas City for a while. Excellent defender for, at first base. The only thing that's down on him has been power over the years, but he's gotten better at that too. So number six is Hosmer. Number seven, that's where I have, I'll have Jose Abreu. He's been a very consistent hitter. All-star player, ma- mainly as a DH for a lot of the time. That's why I have him a little lower on the first baseman list. He's not as good of a defender at first base, but he can hit for average he strikes out a lot, but he also drives in a lot of runs, too. So he's number seven. Number eight is Matt Olson. I think he is very underrated, and he's had back-to-back-to-back 25 home run seasons. Again, with an Oakland lineup that is pretty good, but, again, is still very young. So, again, it's not like he had a ton of help around him. He's a decent defender, and he's, he's a good rising young first baseman. So I'll put him number eight. Number nine, I have Josh Bell. I think Josh Bell really showed a lot last year. He was underrated for a while even before that, too. Again, it was just a team that didn't have a lot of help around him. And his numbers, again, they weren't flashy, but they were definitely good. And then this year, he really broke out, 30 home runs, even though his batting average wasn't great. So I have him 9, and then I'll have Santana 10, former catcher, can play many different positions. He's been very consistent as a whole, too. He's been injury-prone, sure, but he's been bumped around a lot, too. So playing in those circumstances helps. So those are my top 10. My top 10, Paul Goldschmidt, he's the best first baseman in baseball. It's not even a question. Anybody that argues that, yes, he had a down year last year, but his down year still almost gave him 100 RBIs. He still had over 30 home runs. The guy is a stud. Anybody that doesn't think he's the number one first baseman in baseball, I don't know what to tell you. My number two, and I'm going to pick this guy because he won the MVP last year, and he did play a little bit of outfield, but he is under a first baseman. It's Cody Bellinger. Cody oh, Bellinger. if you were including Bellinger. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Cody Bellinger, to me, is the second-best okay. first baseman in baseball. Because of his year last year, he was the MVP of the National League. He had a sensational year. Yes, he played bits and pieces in the outfield, but he is under first base. So right, he'd probably be three on my list, then. He would be my number right, two. number two on yours? Okay. Freddie Freeman would be my number three right now. He is 
the best all-around first baseman in my eyes in baseball. It's not a question. He's a great defender, great offensive player, power, really on both sides of the plate. He can hit it all over the field, and he he hits for average. He hits for runs. The guy can do everything. So he would be my number three. Number four, I would say Anthony Rizzo would be my number four. Anthony Rizzo on the Cubs. Power hitter, had an offseason last year in the beginning of the season, got better as the season progressed. Still wasn't the player that I thought he was going to be last year, but I still think he's amongst the league's best. So I like him very, very much so as my number four. Um, my number five, I'm looking, I'm looking, all right, my number five is Joey Votto. Joey Votto, who I think can hit for average. He's a great defensive player. Excellent defensive player. Love the way he plays. Fun to watch. So I would absolutely put Joey Votto as my number five. My number six, Eric Hosmer. I don't understand why nobody put Eric Hosmer on his list on this list. He had an offseason last year. He also played for a Padre team that just added some players in the offseason. He's gonna have even a better year this year. If you're looking about, if you're looking at this year and he's still in the prime of his career. You could see Eric Cosmer in that lineup hit, hit you 30 to 35 home runs and give you over 100 RBIs. I'm going to put Eric Cosmer there. Number, what am I, number seven? You're number seven. I would put Jose Abreu. The power, the defense, everything that he does is f- sensational. A great, great player. Could do everything, and he's the best player on that team right now and the best veteran on the team. Now, the, the youth of that team is sensational. Mm-hmm. They're going to be better. So I like him. Number eight, I would put Will Myers. Really? Yes. I like Will Myers. I think he's a good defensive player. They moved him at first. He's got power on both sides of the plate. I like like Will. Now, the question is what Will Myers is going to show up every day and what's not going to show up every day. I still think Will this year is going to have a better year. He's still in the Padres, right? Yep. They've been in that trying lineup? to move his contract for a while. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to. And no, I think he's gonna so have a, I think he's gonna have a good year this year. So I, I like I like Will Myers. Um I'm trying to go look at my deep. My deep 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 deep. Alright. I guess you could say at number nine I would put Max Muncie. Had a good season last year. Dodgers, he's back and forth with uh, Bellinger, but we don't know where Bellinger's gonna play. But if Muncie does play first base, he's going to give you 30 home runs. It looked like last year he, he really showed his worth. He's going to give you close to 100 RBIs. I like his power, and he's a very underrated defensive player. And my number 10 is Carlos Santana. Again, a guy that could play multiple positions. He's a good defensive first baseman, adds power to that lineup, and could do a lot of things very, very well. So my number 10 would be Carlos Santana. So... Will Myers, that's an interesting name to the list. Why? Because he's a very streaky hitter year to year. He's been hurt a lot, and he's not a great defensive first baseman, so that's interesting. (laughs) That's your opinion. I like Will Myers, and I think Will Myers will do very, very well this year in that lineup. Top 10 in the league, though? Yes. Interesting. I don't think the league is that strong, so... Tyler's... Catchers. You want to change the music? You want to it, give us another another track here? A different baseball thing? Yeah, give oh, us man, another yeah, track. Let's see what I can find. Let's give us another track. You know, but that was our first baseman. And 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 listen, 
they're not all off. And I added Will Myers and Eric Hosmer to the list. And I think Eric Hosmer is a top 10 for his baseman. There's no question he is. He's a good defender. He adds power to uh, you know both sides of the plate. I, I think he's he's a great player. So I, I don't know. I don't understand how Tyler and Guido did not have him in his top in their top 10. Who, what, who are you talking about? Eric Hosmer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Especially Tyler, who loves Hosmer. I'm surprised. Tyler's catchers. At number one, JT Realmuto. Number two, Mitch Graver. He spelled that wrong. It's Garver. <laughs> That's why I said there were a lot of typos. <laughs> I knew it was Mitch Garver. <laughs> number three, Gary Sanchez. Number four, Wilson Contreras. Number five, Yasmini Grandal. Number six, Roberto Perez. Really? Number seven, Christian Vasquez. Oh, really? Number eight, Wilson Ramos. Number nine, Yadier Molina. And number 10, Salvatore Perez. All right. Mike Guido, his top 10 catchers. JT Realmuto is number one. Yasmino Grandel, number two. Number three, Gary Sanchez. Number four, Wilson Contreras. Number five, Salvatore Perez. Number six, Yadier Molina. Number six, right? Number three. Number seven. Six. Yadier Lamira was number number six. Sorry, number Yadier Molina was number six. Number seven is Wilson Ramos. Number eight is Mitch Garver. Number nine is Buster Posey. Number ten is Jorge Alfaro. Really, Jorge Alfaro? That's an interesting one. They're very. Interesting. That's Vasquez, Perez, and Alfaro making the cut. Very interesting. I mean, the position's thin, so, I mean, it's, I guess it's something you can tell. Go ahead. All right, my number one, I agree with him, is Real Muto. I think he's definitely the most well-rounded in the league. He can do everything, defense, great hitter, good average hitter, can steal bases. He can do really everything, and he's very durable, too, so that ends up helping. Number two, I'll take Gary Sanchez. I know everyone's going to say, all right, his defense is spotty, which is understandable, but he's still got a good arm. He's, he's his second-best percentage in terms of throwing guys out, and, again, his power is unreal. 30 home runs in uh, in two different seasons already in his career last season he's still at 25 in a down year so so Sanchez is number two for me number three is where I have Perez I think when healthy he's very good and he stayed very good for a while the only reason he wasn't number two is because we have to see what he is coming back from the surgery but he's been very steady both offensively and defensively for the Royals and extremely durable as well so he's number three for me. Number four, I have Yadier Molina. He's the best defensive catcher in baseball and has been for a long time. He's the best when it comes to working with pitchers. Even though his offensive numbers have regressed, did regress last year, he still hit for average very effectively. Recently, even 2018, he had 20 home runs too. So he proves he still can do it, even though he had a down year last year. So Molina's four for me. I have Contreras at five. The only reason he's not a little higher is because he doesn't play as much as he should. And whether that's Joe Madden or whether that's his inconsistencies has stopped him. But he's been very good offensively. He's had close to 30 home runs in several different seasons. He's got a great arm as well. So he's number five for me. Number six is where I have Grandal. 
The only reason that Grandal's lower on my list than a lot of others is because of his defense. His defense is all, almost as bad, if not worse, than Sanchez's when you look at it, and a lot of people don't realize that his average, his, his hitting for average isn't as good despite his power being good, too. And again, he's, a, he's kind of an inconsistent hitter and a bad playoff player, too. Even with the, when he was with the Dodgers, he was a really bad playoff player. So he's number six for me. Number seven is where I have Garver. I liked his upside last year. I think he really showed a lot, both offensively and defensively. He regressed a little in the second half of the season after having an all, all-star caliber first half. But he has a lot of good upside. I can see him being emerging into a top catcher. Number eight is Ramos. Uh, I, I'm impressed with how Miley stayed healthy last year. And he, when he's healthy, he's a good offensive catcher. problem is he's very big so it's hard for him to be a good defensive catcher it's hard for him to get down because he's very bulky so that has hurt him in the past as well as his injuries nine i have buster posey i mean when he's healthy he's a serviceable option he's regressed offensively but he still hits for good average he's been a 320 hitter recently 288 things like that and when he's healthy he's still good and number 10 i have robinson chirinos underrated for a while with the rangers not great defensively but good offensively been a 20 home run guy that nobody talks about for a while so that's my top ten. Number one, JT Realmuto. He could do everything, steal bases, hit for average, hit for power. He could do everything, throw people out. He's a great play caller behind the plate. So JT Realmuto, that was my number one. Number two, Gary Sanchez, the power. He really improved defensively last year for the New York Yankees. He's a great DH. He could also play catcher. He plays about 110 to 120 games a season at beyond the plate when healthy. So I love Gary Sanchez as my number two. My number three, it's an interesting argument back and forth, but I, I, I agree with you, Speedy. Salvatore Perez, who I believe has been one of the best catchers in baseball for years, uh, coming off an injury, didn't play really that much last season, missed a lot, and, and also got majorly hurt early in the season. So uh, we have to see what he's going to come back as, but I think he's the third. Um, number four, Yasmini Grandel. Uh, he played very, very well last year. This is a guy that was expecting a lot of money. Got a lot of money last year. Got a big contract. I, I like the kid. I think he, he doesn't show up in big games. That's the problem with him. But when he does show up, he is a good player. Number five is Molina. I, Yadier Lamina, Molina has been the best all-around catcher in baseball for many, many years. Even though his defense is there, his offense is really taking a step back. But I like uh, Molina as my number five. Number six, you can go back and forth, but I'm going to say Wilson Ramos. Wilson Ramos, a sensational year last year, played very well for the Mets. He has been a very good hitting catcher over the years, especially with Washington. I really, really like Wilson Ramos as my number six. Number seven, this is where it gets tricky because you can go back and forth on who who you want and who you're not, but I'm going to put Mitch Garver as my number seven. He had a great year last year, proved himself as a good catcher in this league. He's still fairly young. Still in the prime of his career, going to get into his prime of his career where he could really turn into a superstar player. So we have to see what he could do back-to-back seasons. Number eight, you know, I could go back and forth on who number eight is, but I'm going to say Buster Posey because he's done it year in and year out. Even though his offense has taken a step back, he's still one of the best and most dangerous people at behind the plate when it comes to getting on, you know, getting on base and, and walking. So Buster Posey is my number eight. Number nine... This is where it gets uh, very, very tricky. But I'm going to put Wilson Contreras. He had a good season last year. He doesn't play. I don't understand why he doesn't start. Joe, That's Joe Madden's fault, like you said. But when this guy does play, he's very, very good. Very aggressive at the plate, offensively. Very good at calling 
uh, behind the plate for pitchers. Pitchers love playing when he calls. Well, he so. starts more now. It's more, I'm more referring to earlier in his career. My number 10, Tom Murphy. Ooh. And I'm going to tell you why Tom Murphy. He is an under, undergraded, undercard type of guy, catcher right now in the league. Nobody even talks about him. Nobody even knows who he is because he's a young player. But watch this year. He's going to break out. Whenever the season does start, this kid is the real deal. I love this kid. This kid could be a superstar in this league for many, many years to come. I'm telling you right now, this kid's got power. He can do everything. He is another JT Real Muto. So I don't know if he could steal the, the steal the bases as fast as JT can, but he could do everything as well, and he's got a lot of power. So will be tough in that lineup. Yes. Oh, that lineup's not good at all. Yeah, so, but I like him. Tom Murphy. That is my top ten catchers going into the 2020 season. I just Tom think Murphy. That's an interesting one. I mean, it's possible. He's a good player. He had a, he had a good first half last year, and he's good offensively. Just I like will be tough in that lineup. He's my number ten the... guy. If you look at my lineup, I put Contreras as my nine. I put a lot of guys. I, I threw a lot of guys around, but I knew what my one, two, and three were. Another name to watch as a young one this year because he, he played well last year is the, the Diamondbacks' Carson Kelly. Watch out for him in a better lineup this year too. To, well, to again, jump into that there's top a, ten. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys you could pick from because you don't know who's going to have a good year. I, I mean, look what Travis right, Donio did. Position. <laughs> look what, what look what Travis Donio did last year when he he went to Tampa. He played completely. Yeah, thanks different. for reminding me. <laughs> but I, he could be a star. He could really. Oh, turn. he will be. He's on the Braves now in that lineup. He's gonna, he's going to hit 400 against. Oh, he's the not Mavs. on the Braves. Yeah, he's on the Braves now. So he's. He's going to hit 400, 500 against the Mets, and then he'll just feast the rest of the year because he left the Mets. That's what happens. Yeah, but uh, I, he's another guy that could really you know, reach the top 10 this year. Darno did not really produce with the New York Mets. He went somewhere else in Tampa, and he produced there. I think the Mets should have given it, given it a little bit more time. I really do. But, uh, again, Mets fans wanted him out, and so did Brody It's easy to look at that in hindsight. Well, it was the right move to get rid of him. Twenty-five years old. You don't give up. Uh, you don't give up on a, a guy that's in the pro- not even in the prime of his career. Has a lot of years left at the catcher position, and they're not easy to find catchers that have the power that he does. So, um, I, I'd like to see him progress even better this year with the Braves, and he might possibly will. So, um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen in the off season as the off season progresses, because it's still the off season. We don't know when the the season's going to start, but hopefully soon. <laughs> How many games will be played? We'll never know. By the way, uh, Curly Neal, and it's saying it's right now, if you don't know who he is, a Harlem Globetrotter, um, a guy that was very well respected in the NBA 1942 to 2020. I don't know if it's Corona that killed him, uh, but he was pronounced dead this morning. So Curly Neal. If you if you know who he is, he was on the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, he passed away this morning. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get more into oh, what are our topics today that we want. We were going to get into the Red Sox uh, cheating scandal. Yeah, we're going to get into that is, first. MLB is is waiting until the season starts to convey their punishment. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to get into how a shortened season will affect MLB free agency and how it's still going to happen as normal, which could screw some teams over. We'll see. 631-971-8070 and 631-965-4990 is the numbers to call. As you guys know, this is this is below the mic. I almost said down to the wire, but <laughs> this is below the mic, and we're here every single Thursday from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at night. When we come back, more in baseball here on Below the Mic. 
You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Little hoodie in the blowfish. All I need, Speedy, is your mom. Right? I am Arrow. I'm not Tyler. I know how to pick my catchers in first baseman. I'm not Mike Guido, I'm not a beef patty. I know how to sing and know how to make picks because you know who I am. I'm Errol Big Fat March. 631-965-4990 is the number and 631-971-8070 is the number to call here at the Worldwide Sports Radio Network Studios. And Speedy Petey, the vibrating champion, sitting right next to me, enjoying himself, using a little hootie and the blowfish. Which part of that word do you like? Which part of those words? Do you like hootie or do you like the blowfish? Uh, I think you like the blowfish. I don't know. <laughs> so you like the blowfish? I mean, it's a creative name. So you like the blowfish. That's the best part of the name, right? The better part of the name, sure. So you like to blow... Hootie's fish. No. No? It has no direct correlation with me. Yes, it does. You don't understand, but the blowfish is a perfect name for you. It really is. It gives that, that you know, when you, when you have a steak, you want that A1. You want that, that steak sauce. Well, okay. Speedy adds that little steak sauce to your meal. What do you think? I can buy it for you, A1 steak sauce, sure. I've got A1 steak sauce. I bought it yesterday. Okay. So why would I need you to buy it for me? All right. So then it, then I shouldn't have to do anything, so I shouldn't be part of this conversation. Which color do you like? Oh, God. Why, there's different colors of A1 steak sauce now? No. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. I do, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to derail you from it. Derail it? Uh, it's either pink or nylon green. What do you think? Nylon green is nylon not a color. Green. Yes, it is. Nylon That's not green. a color. It is a color. Nylon green. What do you think? No. None of those colors? No. Especially with your picture on the tip of it? The picture is not going on the tip of anything. Yes, it is. Anyways, I want to get into... Baseball and Rob Manford, okay? And and I, I understand why people can't stand Rob Manford. And I'm one of those guys that really can't stand Rob Manford because of the whole Astro situ- situation and what's going on right now in baseball. Now, I, I understand that you had to cancel or you had to suspend the games because of the whole coronavirus and, and all that other stuff. You had all this time to investigate the Boston Red Sox scandal. And it is a scandal, guys. It is a scandal. And I know Jeff is about to put go through, but you can save Jeff for a little bit, and I'm going to put him through in one second. When I look at baseball as a whole, and, I, and I've said this and I'll say it again, I think baseball will be on top of the world in 10 to 12 years. I, I said this. For that. Well, that's good for you. I still think that it's still America's sport. And I think that eventually we'll get back on top. I really do. Right now it's not because football has dominated. But I do believe with everything, with the rule changes of the NFL, and especially I believe the XFL will be a a good organization for the next 10 years. I do. I think it will be very successful, especially with the new rules that they have. 
And, and you know what I think about basketball, and you know what I think about <laughs> hockey and all the other sports. But the fact that Rob Manford is not going to come out and talk about the Boston Red Sox situation until the season starts, that could be two, three months down the road. And right now, baseball needs to be talked about because now the Astros are done. Nobody gives a crap about the Astros. They can't wait until the season comes around so they can throw at them. That's the truth. And the fans are trying to do everything they can to make their money back or get their money back from this season, from last season, because they cheated. (laughs) But the fact that Rob Manford does not want to come out and does not want to speak about the Boston Red Sox scandal of cheating, and and I know what Jeff's going to say, well, the Yankees did it too. Every team in baseball, we know, every team in baseball do it. But only the Astros in the Boston Red Sox have been caught. I mean, significantly caught, where the Red Sox could lose a significant amount. All right, Jeff, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Jeff, you there? Yeah, buddy. What's going on, my friend? Is this ridiculous or what? What is Rob Manfred doing? I have no idea. I have no idea. absolutely ridiculous. This is absolutely ridiculous. Like, if he's done with the investigation, right. first of all, he dragged it on way longer than he needed. I agree to, with you. Right? I'm mm-hmm. sure he – right? And, and so now he's holding on to – I mean, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You should tell everyone what the results are. And you want to know something? You know why he doesn't want to tell the results? Because he knows that right now it would be the lead story in sports. If they did find something, which I believe he did find something mm-hmm. – and he knows that he's going to have to lay down suspensions and all this other stuff and everything that happened with the Astros and how he mishandled the Astros. And now, now what he's going to do is he's going to, he's going to absolutely go after the Red Sox, which I feel bad for the Red Sox because I don't think there's going to be any, I don't think there's going to be any suspensions or anything. You can't suspend any of the players from the Red Sox because you didn't suspend any of the Astros, right? No, no I, call I agree with you on that immediately. Mm-hmm. Right. And Alex Cora is already gone. So what could they possibly do to the Red Sox? They already have a new GM, right? That mm-hmm. was already done. Oh, they have a new manager. You're not going to suspend any of the players. So what are they really going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, I, again, when I look at the Red Sox, and I feel bad for the Red Sox because you don't know what Rob Manford's going to do. Is he going to try to compile everything that he didn't do to the Astros to the Red Sox? I don't know what Rob Manford's going to do, but you know what the fans have said, and you know what the certain – league executives have said because of it. So I don't know if he's going to mishandle this situation now because I believe he's going to wait until the regular season because whatever he does to the Red Sox, he doesn't want it to be the main lead story. If baseball is back, fans are going to be concentrated on baseball. They're not going to be concentrating on the whole Red Sox dispute on what he's going to do to the Red Sox and if he's going to do anything to the Red Sox. Well, I also think he was probably trying to compare the two cases, too. I think they were trying to finalize what exactly the Red Sox did. And obviously, we don't know because he's not going to release it for whatever weird reason. And I think they were going to try to compare the cases. If the Red Sox did something where they used a lot more technology than the Astros did, or the Red Sox did it for a longer period of time, then they might get hit harder. If the Astros got hit harder, then like you're right, Jeff, probably nothing will happen to the Red Sox then, or they'll increase the Astros punishment. We'll see. I, the player immunity thing, you I still don't go back and retroactively freaking punish the Astros. You've already handed down the Astros punishment. You're not going to go back and say, well, I got that wrong. So let's keep hammering away. 
No one does that. They could no They could if they compare that's the investigations. What hammered, that's what they hammered Goodell for, too, because the Deflategate thing, dude, even ESPN has been, is writing stories about how Deflategate was a joke and wasn't real and whatever, and Deflategate was looked at as a retrial of the Spygate thing, right? Mm-hmm. And how horribly that was mis- mishandled. There's zero chance Rob Manfred's going to go, well, the Red Sox use watches or whatever they find. And then go, well, now I need to repunish the Astros. There's zero. Not repunish, but re- reinvestigate because maybe there's something that we don't know with, with that. And maybe there's new factors that could have been brought in. You just got done with an investigation. What, are you going to open an investigation into the investigation? No, if there's new evidence, you there could be something like that. They're not going to punish them more. F- well, yeah, I know, I know they stopped looking. But again, I still think they can compare the cases. Now, why they're not revealing it, we agree, is stupid. But... Because the Astros had a chance to fire their guys already, and the Red Sox probably would have a chance to do the same if we didn't know what the results are. Maybe the Red Sox wouldn't consider trading some of the But that's why they're they pushing it off, Speedy. They're pushing it off because they don't want to know. If, if it comes out right now, and let's say Rob Manford just says, you know what, I'm going to suspend this guy. I have video on this guy. I have video on that guy. I'm going to suspend half the players on the team. We don't know what Rob Manford's going to do or what he's – Going to uh, going to when the season starts, I think he's oh, pushing. You know what he's going to do? I think he's going to. I think he's going to absolutely go after the Red Sox, and and people are going to look at the whole situation. Why did you do the same thing to the Astros as you did to the Red Sox? That's what, and I think that's what he's. I think he's going to go really hard at the Red Sox, and people are going to try to. They're going to argue their points on why did you do exactly what you did to the Red Sox to the Astros? I think that's it. What's depends happen. on if the cases are even. If the cases are even, you have to. Persu- you have to compare them as even and suspend them as even. But I don't if the th- cases aren't even, why then does the he Red have Sox to- can be hit maybe harder. He could, maybe he could say, you know what, uh, at the time I didn't feel that it was as bad as it I see it to be now. And now I'm going to give the Red Sox a harder, worser punishment because – of the whole situation with the Astros, and I need to teach well, yeah. these guys. I need to teach these teams a lesson. Well, that'd be so, stupid if they do it without any realistic evidence of why they should punish them harder. But I feel like they still be could be punished harder if they use more technology. Here's my best guess as what's happening. Right here's here's the best guess that there's going to be no punishment, and Manfred's going to find the Red Sox did nothing. And it's not that the Red Sox didn't do anything. I'm not trying to even sit here and advocate that they didn't do anything. My best guess is that that's what he's going to find and he wants to announce it as the season's starting so it isn't a further black eye on the game. I don't think Rob Manfred thinks that the scrutiny on the league would be good and I think that he wants to start the league with some good news and he may be just fabricating the good news. But that's not necessarily true if the cases aren't even. Let's just think about it this way. Just think about it this way, Jeff. This has been going on for the last past two months. The whole Red Sox investigation, maybe even longer than that. It's been longer than that. And Rob Manford has not come out with any story behind it. He came out with the Astros, and it became a huge story throughout baseball, throughout the world. It was the number one story in sports for two weeks. And it was the number one story, besides the Kobe Bryant, over there at the Super Bowl. It was a big story over there. So... When you, when you think about the Red Sox, the Red Sox are a bigger organization, a uh, very well organization that's won, what, three world championships in less than 15 years, and they've been the most dominant professional baseball team 
in baseball in the last 15 years. Let, let's be honest. You could argue them and the Giants. You can go back and forth who's been the better organization. But I, I would say the Red Sox because they've been more consistent. So when, when you look at that, they're going to say, well, you know what? We're going to make a point. We're going we're gonna to seed this, and we're going to set the seed so nobody does this again. And what I think is going to happen, the reason why, you, you think the opposite. I think the worst. I think the worst thing that's going to happen is Rob Manford did find something. He doesn't want to speak about it. He wants to wait until the season starts where it takes all the, st- the whole story out of it because everybody's just so happy baseball's back around. I think that's what's going to happen because I think he found a I lot mean, more than people think that he found. That's, that's entirely possible, but he's taken such a hit from how he handled I agree the with Astros you. thing mm-hmm. that I think that, that I, you know, because I don't think that even let's say the, what the Red Sox did was worse. Let's just, no one knows, but let's just say it was yep. right. I don't believe that he wants to be able to hand down another no punishment and keep taking a hit for himself. Like if, if that were the case, if what the Red Sox did was worse mm-hmm. and He's basically, because what he did the Astros, he's basically now forced to hand down no punishment to the Red Sox. He will have to quit. I, I he think he can't afford that. I, I'm going to tell you this right now. He's not lasting past 2024. I'm sorry. When his contract is up, there is no way the players union and the owners of all and the executives that make the votes uh, on who's the next commissioner, who's going to be the commissioner for the next 10 or five or seven years. I do not believe... Rob Manford, especially with the Astros and now the Red Sox thing, if this turns out to be a back-and-forth banter for the next couple of months after the season starts, I don't think Rob Manford's going to keep his job even past 2024. I think he'll last till 2024 when his contract is up, and they're going to say, sayonara. That's what I think is going to happen. Because I just think he handled it completely wrong with the Astros. He handled it completely wrong. I'm not saying suspend the whole team. And I'm not saying suspend... Every single suspend the the whole organization where they can't make money for the year. What I would have done to the Astros is pretty much, and I've said this over and I'm going to say it again. I would have taken their five best players. I don't care how you do it, estimate it. Your pitching, your 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 hitting, whatever. You you take their five best players and you suspend them for forty games without pay. Whoever's a part of that team last year, last year when they or or the last couple, at least two years. Whoever was part of that team, they can use that against them and take their five best players and suspend them for 14 games, set them in a handicap where when the season starts, if there is 80 or 90 games, well, they're going to miss 40 games. So the chances of them making the playoffs is slim to none. And pretty much Rob Manford says, you know what? You screwed the league. I screw you. That's the way I look at it. That's how how, how do you know those players were the primary ones in the investigation, though? I'm not saying that they are. I'm saying that if they're... If if they think if he if he presses a rule and says, listen, I think that these five players are your best player: Justin Verlander, uh, Altuve, Correa, Springer, and uh, and Redman. Uh, what what Bregman. Bregman? I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Bregman. Um, if he wants to spend all five of those guys for 40, 40 games without any pay, he can absolutely do that. He is the commissioner of baseball. If you want to set you want to set this team, you want to set the league up and say, you know what, you do this, this is what's going to happen to you, this is what I would do. I would suspend their yeah. top five players. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't even go that route. I would say it's, what, 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 how many games did you just put out? 40, 40, 40 games. 40 games. You just put on it, right? 40 games. I would go back and look at the tape 
And every time you heard a trash can bang for anyone that was at the plate, they get 40 or 50 games or whatever the punishment is, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone that took part in it gets the punishment. You, it, it doesn't matter. That's true. Anyone who's yeah. part of it gets the punishment. This is why we have AAA teams. Oh, you want to feel the team? We'll call guys up from the minors because that's what would happen anyway. Don't exclude anyone. I, I guess you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Yes. It, it, the minute you exclude anyone, it, you know, it's like selectively choosing. Go back, look at the tape. Anytime someone was at the dish and you heard a trash can bang, they're involved too. Suspend them. Make, I agree. make the triple A team play your play your schedule. I agree. I, I, I think they have to do something like that. You can't take away all their games. You can't take away all their players. So you, you gotta do one thing. How do you get the, how do you hurt the Astros? And how do you hurt them? You hurt them in their pocket. And right now the fans are trying to hurt them in the pocket because what they're trying to do is now sue the Astros for if they're season ticket holders and they feel like they got wrongly you know, wrongly abused last year because they're raising the prices. Because I heard they're raising the prices after all these, you know, all this whole situation came out to the public this past year. And they, this has been going on for three years. The fans are now taking it out on the Astros, and they, as well as they should, because the fans are what pays their salaries. So I agree with you, I mean, Jeff. But if you don't set the, but if you don't set the example, like the, like this is kind of the first time this has happened. Like you know, they didn't have video monitoring equipment in the twenties with the black box scandal and that. Mm-hmm. Like people are now using modern technology to cheat, and you gotta set the example right off video the monitoring equipment or in the 20s. nothing ever works. Right? What are you What are you gonna do? Implement a rule in two years? That's not gonna work. He should have tried to set the example right off jump and suspended people. And but you know. You know, the other thing is he gave guys immunity so they would talk. Would they have found out this was going on if players didn't talk? No. I, I don't. Immunity didn't help anything. In just like getting answers from them. Just like Jose Canseco coming out with the steroid book. If, if Jose Canseco never opened his mouth, that would have never came out. Jose Canseco came out with the book, and he came out with everything because he, he no longer could make any more money from baseball. So what he did was make money with his big mouth. And that's why nobody likes Jose Canseco, and nobody wants – even the Astros, when they had their 1980 teams uh, come uh, – every, every season they have their 1981, 82. Jose Canseco has not shown up to one of them because they never invited him. They never invited him. And Jose Canseco, for like nine years, was the best – as, uh, really, the best Oakland athletic over those years, even better than McGuire at some points. He was better than McGuire. Now, McGuire had his, his years where he was unbelievable, especially when, to, right, when he, he went to the Cardinals. But he was considered to have shamed baseball. Yes. Do you, does, is anyone honestly, you know, like if you're a Dodgers fan, okay, maybe. If you're a Yankees fan, okay, maybe you feel a certain type of way about it. But it was like, widely recognized that Jose Canseco shamed baseball, whatever, and no one wanted him around. Mm-hmm. Is anyone remotely giving that much scrutiny to Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, George Springer? No, not them uh, individually, them but the team. Just the team as a whole. There, A lot of players have come out. Right, and they can't even up, admit that they did it. They won't even admit that they did it. But that's the thing, though. This was a players and managers and whatever scheme and so they hammered the Astros. Well, you're not going to sit here and tell me that Jose Canseco punching people in the butt with steroids wasn't widely known by managers and players. It's the same thing, only with a different tool. I agree. Right, but one's team-based, one is individual-based. So Canseco 
saying it for those right, particular players. players. Knew players knew it. Everybody players knew. Were doing it. Are you going to sit there and tell me Mark McGuire wasn't doing it? Of course. I'm, I'm just saying there's there's a difference between the, the individual basis and the team basis. Jose Canseco is the one who introduced him to it. He introduced the whole Oakland athletic team to it. That's a fact. Right, that's my point. That's that's my point, though. It's like it's the same kind of thing. You you have guys on that team like uh, who who was the, who was the catcher there for the Astros there? Uh, Chirinos, right? Mm-hmm. You had Chirinos and you had Evan Gaddis come out and say, "Oh, well, we weren't a part of it." Okay, it's believable to an extent. Maybe you weren't. Well, Chirinos is a new player, so it's a little more believable for him. Gaddis was there all three years, right? But it, but you can have individual people come out and say that they weren't a part of it, but it doesn't exclude them from not knowing. Everybody mm-hmm. knew. Mm-hmm. Everyone knew it was wrong. And everybody it's, benefited going, at some point. It's hard, it's hard to believe that Jose Altuve, when Chris Sale was the best pitcher in baseball, in the first round of the playoffs, hit back-to-back-to-back home runs against Chris Sale in every other inning against Chris Sale. It's hard to believe that he did that against, to me, at the time, was the most dominant pitcher in baseball. Right. Or what about Altuve turning around a a Aroldis Chapman fastball to win the, win the game seven there. Oh, I I agree. And Aroldis Chapman, even though a lot of people in Yankee fans will come out and say it, and I'm one of them. I don't want to hear it anymore. Aroldis Chapman came out earlier uh, when he heard this a couple of months ago. And he said that, uh, they should take the championship. They they screwed us out of a championship. You don't know what they. We were. don't know. You don't know what they screwed you out of. So you can't point fingers right. and say something that you don't know. The fact is, yeah, they probably cheated, and Altuve probably wouldn't have hit that home run. The Yankees probably would have taken it to a game six, and they probably would have won game six, and maybe would have won game seven. Who knows? But that's what ifs. We don't know what would have happened. The fact is, yes, the Yankees got cheated. There's no question that they did. But again. You don't know if the the Dodgers wouldn't have beaten you if you beaten the Astros. You don't know what Washington would happen. Too, the, oh, Washington! Year. Washington was on some special run. I think they were reading anyone. <laughs> yes, Washington had great pitching. Pitching wins championships, and you saw what Scherzer and Strasburg and Corbin did when you are dominant pitching staff. You can dominate against anybody, no matter if they cheat or they don't, because no matter but what again, they're pitching. But again, this is this has been a problem now for a while, right? Because you can be like, oh, well, the Red Sox cheated. Well, so did so did the Yankees, right? Mm-hmm. And the in the main the main problem every was team does when the Yank when the when the Yankees called out the Red Sox for using watches, which is cheating, and they did, and they got caught, right? But the problem comes in when Manfred turned around and said, "Okay, well, you guys use tablets; they use watches. Let's just call it even and move on." No, you got to punish somebody. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta hand out a punishment. You can't let those things go unpunished, and he did. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Rob Manford's not going to have a job in 2024. I've already said it, and I've, I've argued about this. I'm very surprised that none of the executives have come out for his head after these, this situation with the Astros. And now with the whole Red Sox thing, if he does the wrong thing with the Red Sox, and I'm sure he's going to do something that doesn't make sense in this, this whole situation – I have a feeling that he might not even last to 2024. He might resign. We'll only know when we compare the investigations of what actually happened with how they cheated, what they used, stuff like that. He's got something. If he's not saying something, he's got no, something. I agree he should be saying something if, if they completed the investigation, unless they're lying about that. But no, I, don't he, think, he, I don't think they would lie about he that He completed either. it, and I think he has something, but he's not going to say it because if he says it now, it will be the number one thing talked about in sports for the next two or three weeks – 
to whenever baseball starts or basketball or hockey starts. And then when baseball starts, there'll be some kind of thought uh, that Manfred, if something like this happens again, it's going to be pinned on him. And I think Manfred has so much on his shoulders. He took over for Bud Selig almost two years ago. Two years ago. And Bud Selig was in the steroid time. Bud Selig ran the league for almost 30 years. 30 years he ran the league. And everybody wanted Bud Selig out, but he was so money, he was so he was so good friend, he was had such a good relationship with all the owners, they kept him there. Now he gave his right hand person, Rob Manford, the opportunity to take over for him. And since he's been there for two years, he's made not one, not two, but three mistakes as the commissioner of baseball, and he still has four years left on this contract. And if he does last to the four years of this contract, he's got to do some amazing things for them to vote him back in as the commissioner. I do not think he's going to be voted back in. I think he's going to be fired. I mean, I hate to, I hate to say this, right, Errol, like, because you're kind of right, but you want to know what'll make this all go away for him? What? A, a money. A new, a new contract with advertising with a beer company or a new television deal or something like that where, where owners are making money or something. That'll make all the hard feelings for the owners go away. Money talks. You're it, absolutely it right. It always does. Yep. It always does. And that, so, that to I me, mean, throws me off with, with I mean, what Rob Manfred is all about as a, as a professional and as a person. That's why I want to say that you're right, that maybe they won't have him back. But, I mean, all, I, look what happened with Goodell. He was in the crapper and everyone hated him. And then what <laughs> still happened? is. They got all new deals, all new television deals, and everyone was like, all is forgiven. Yep, and Roger Goodell got that 40-something million dollar contract for every single year for the next five years, free benefits for his kids and his family for the rest of their lives, and a jet wherever he wants to travel to. That's what the owners gave him. And this is the same guy that hid CTE for all these years and tried to hurt a guy's career, a doctor that's trying to help brain trauma for professional sports. He tried to ruin his career, that they made a movie about it. That's how sad the NFL is. And this is how sad Rob Manfred is. He's trying to throw it under the rug, just like the Astros. And this is nothing. This is nothing what Roger Goodell did. This is nothing. This is not even close what he was trying to do with CTE. But they're, they're an innocent well, in terms NFL. of the direct impact on, on that sport at the time, yeah. But this in terms is of nothing. other players, in terms of people's lives, hiding CTE like that when a lot of former players were having trouble with it is is really bad look. That's what I said. It was, it's nothing, nothing that Rob Manford has done could ever compare to what Roger Goodell did in that time. Nothing. Mm. And that's why a lot of NFL players have left and retired. Patrick Willis, who I thought was one of the top three. He was the best linebacker in football for six years or so. And he retired at the age of 29. I mean, this guy still had another three, four good years left. Maybe and he even deci- more. <laughs> uh, how about the he linebacker? How about the linebacker that they had from the 49ers that decided to lead after his rookie season? Oh, Chris Borland. Borland yeah, yeah Borland. He, was, he was really good too. He would have won Rookie of the Year if it wasn't for Aaron Donald. <laughs> I, I mean, seriously. I mean, how many players have we seen? DeBrickershaw Ferguson. He left at the age of 30. He could have played another two or three good years with the New York Jets. And it screwed the Jets' offensive line for many, many years because then Mango got washed up and beaten up because he was getting old, and he, he winded up after retiring as well. But he didn't retire because of head trauma. 
So it's the Jets. How many? When you'd say good years for Debrinka Sean Ferguson, he would have been playing for the Jets. You, you, really he was a very good left tackle. You know, you know damn well that if you look at Debrinka Shaw's numbers and and how many. Consistent, no, he was great. He was no, one. He was great, he's a borderline Hall of Famer, Debrinka Shaw Ferguson, and so is so is no, Nick Mangold, and so is Nick Mangold, a borderline Hall of Famer. That was a no, 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 no. Debrinka Shaw's borderline. Mangold's a Hall of Famer. Okay. Oh, what? Whatever. They're both. They're both Hall of Famers in my eyes. They're both going to be Hall of Famers eventually, and and to me, they you look at man you look at Mango Mango was beaten up. Debrickashaw Ferguson missed one game in nine years. One game in nine years as a starting left tackle in the NFL. That's unheard of. And the guy played nine almost nine straight seasons. And a lot of people believe he had three or four good years left, but he retired and he hurt the Jets. I'm just saying it's hard to call any year no. the Jets a good year. Uh, listen, I, and again, you want to take shots at the Jets, fine. Take shots at the Jets. But this, this is not the argument. The argument right here is Rob Manford can't do anywhere close to as bad as what Roger Goodell did in the time that he did with CTE. And that's why nobody could stand Roger Goodell. And the fact that he still has a job is because he brings in so much revenue for the NFL like you were saying, the same thing with the major leagues. If he could find a way to bring in another way to bring in a, a significant amount of revenue, a lot of people, a lot of executives are going to turn their head on this. But I don't think that's going to happen. Teams like the Yankees, teams like uh, teams like the Red Sox, because you know, especially if he, put, he drops the hammer on the Red Sox, they're not going to like it. Teams like the Astros, teams like the Angels that already don't like Roger Goodell. I mean, not Roger Goodell, uh, Rob, Rob Manford. <laughs> There are teams out there. The Dodgers can't stand Rob Manford, what he did. So there are a lot of executives that can't stand this man, and he's only two years into his contract, and he has four years left. I don't think he's going to last. I really don't, And no matter what he does when it comes to bringing and delivering money with revenue for the, for the major leagues. So I think this is a – I think he's hiding something with this, and I think the reason why he's not coming out with it is because he doesn't want it to be the lead story in professional sports for the so, next three weeks. So let me ask you, though. Like, let me ask you. So let's let's just hypothetically say, and I'm not saying they did something or didn't do anything. Right. But let's say he finds that the Red Sox didn't do anything. Right. Are you going to be one of these guys that's like, of course they did, and now come up with, like, a new theory? No. I'm not. I'm going to try to get off the subject. We you're all going, know. You're, you're, going to, you're going to accept the results for what they are. Yes, because I, I, believe, I believe if Rob Manford took all this time to look into it, he found something. I, I do believe. I don't know how much he found, but he found something. And yeah, the fact that he's a matter of comparison. Yeah, I, I don't know if he's going to open his mouth and say anything now because he knows that it will be a lead story. But if it isn't and he doesn't find anything and he lets the Red Sox go, then so be it. But we know the Astros cheated, and we know he screwed up on that. And that, that's all we have to say about that. I, I, I don't want to get into in depth if the Red Sox are proven not guilty on anything that he said. And if that's the truth, Alex Cora should not have been fired for his job. That's that's just my opinion. Alex Cora should I mean, never think, lost his job. Yeah, maybe, yeah m- maybe not, but I don't think the Red Sox as an organization looked at it and said, this is something we want to take a chance with. I think they looked at it and said, oh, this guy was a part of that organization. There's a chance that something may have happened. We don't want him here. I think they would have gotten rid of him anyways because I think their new GM wants new blood in there. He wants his guy in there, and and that's that's the way that's the way a lot of these GMs look at it. And and just like I believe why Joe Girardi's no longer with Brian Cashman, not because I don't think Joe Girardi's a great manager. I just thought that he 
he, after 10, almost 11 years of being a manager for the New York Yankees and his success that he has, he thinks that he lost the draw under, under him, under Brian Cashman. And Brian Cashman thought that he lost the draw where they could, you know, be together on um, agree- agreeing to things and, and bringing player, player personnel. I think it was all Brian Cashman at the end of it. So, and that's why I think Aaron Boone is now the manager and you can say whatever you want. He is a puppet. <laughs> he, is, he is a puppet just like Joe Girardi was with Brian Cashman. Let's not get it twisted here. Joe Girardi was a puppet. He was a puppet with Brian Cashman. And so is Aaron Boone. Everybody knows who the brains of the New York Yankees organization is. And I, I'm sorry, all you fans out there, Tyler, Mike, Mike Guido, all these guys that saying that Aaron Boone is a terrible manager. Aaron Boone is Joe Girardi. That's what he is. The Yankees gave him his first opportunity as a manager. He worked under Joe Torre. Then he got the jobs with the Marlins. He got fired after a year. He worked under the Yankees as an analyst and stuff like that. And then he got the Yankee job. The Yankees gave him his first opportunity. Same thing with Aaron Boone. No management experience. Gave him a management opportunity. He became the manager even faster than Joe Girardi. Two seasons, back-to-back seasons with 100 wins, and he's a terrible manager. He's terrible. Oh, because he's Brian Cashman's puppet. I got news for you guys. Every one of those guys, Joe Torre at the end of his, his reign was a puppet of Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman runs that organization. Get it through your skulls. I don't know what you guys think. You think, oh, if Joe Girardi was there, the Yankees would have went further. No. The Yankees were where the Yankees were. <laughs> the Yankees should have went further anyway. They played against teams that were cheating. <laughs> Nevertheless. But my, my point is, is that it's not, and, and Jeff will agree with me on this, you can't honestly tell me that Joe Girardi wasn't a puppet. He's a great manager, just like I think... Aaron Boone is going to slowly transition into a good manager. I don't know how great he's going to be. He's got to win. But if he wins another 100 games this year and three times in a row, he'd be the first manager to ever do that in baseball history. You're going to say that he's a bad manager? Oh, he's a puppet. He does what Brian Cashman does. Give me a break. The guy won back-to-back-to-back years 100 wins. I got my own kind of special conspiracy theory with with, uh, Girardi, believe it or not. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Uh, Girardi, my whole thought is this, right? And I know that you're going to call me crazy and call me an idiot, but that's fine. I'm, this is the one conspiracy theory that I'm rolling with. I'm, you know I'm not a conspiracy theorist. No, you're theorist. not. I am. <laughs> I am. You definitely are, right? But so here's, here's my thought. My thought, was, my thought was this, that Joe Girardi being a former player was not liking the way the Yankees – and their medical staff had been treating their players. If you notice, since Girardi has left, they have really destroyed some of their young players, particularly Severino. How, how you know, Girardi being a former player probably d- doesn't like people lying to anybody about medicals or what players should be doing to take care of their bodies. And it's pretty suspicious how the Yankees are always, you know, all along have been saying, oh, nothing's wrong with Severino, nothing's wrong with Severino. And then it turns out everything's wrong with his shoulder. And, and that's why that the Yankees do kind of screw around with players' medicals and try to get them on the field as much as possible. I agree. Hurt and things like that. I agree. And yeah. Severino, and I, I will tell you this, Jeff, I'm sorry I'm cutting you off. I agree with you, and I've said this many, many times. I believe the Yankees knew that Severino's shoulder was done 
after giving him that five or four year contract of five years because they knew they were going to lose him for at least two or three of, of, of those years of those five. So that's, but that's my conspiracy theory, right? Is that that's probably for me, I think that that may be where, you know, things all fell apart for Girardi with the Yankees. You know, he probably looked at it as a former player and said, I can't be a part of this. You guys are killing players. Like you guys are really hurting these guys. And maybe Cashman and the boys said, shut up. If you don't like it, leave. And that might be where some of the friction came from. Possibly. But we don't, we don't know the whole story behind it. I'm sure there'll be a book or something written in 10, 15, 20 years when Girardi's out of baseball and Brian Cashman's an old man talking like this, talking about the Yankees' success. I, I just, you know, I just can't believe. I just can't believe all of the things that have gone on with the Yankees players, like medically, yeah. that that people aren't uh, pointing a finger. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, like who's, I who's responsible for? I have. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I think that, I think you're right. I think the, the, the when you look at Aaron Judge, how do you miss? Misunderstand what a, a what a broken or a fractured uh, rib is. This is a guy that slid on a field catching a ball on a field. What was it in the middle of the season last year? And he was off this whole time. And they had no they how many cat scans this guy had? I think they said three and two MRIs, and they couldn't find what was wrong with his ribs. And then they're talking about taking the rib out. Why would you go to the public eye and say, you know what, we, we don't know what if it's going to heal or if it's not, so there is a, quite possibly where we're going to have to take that rib out. Why would you say that to the national press where it becomes a story about, and that's why they had to fire all those trainers. The Yankees made mistakes because they came out with too much information at the wrong time. And I think this has been the Yankees' problem year in and year out for the last, I don't know, the last... But they've been, ten years. But they've been but they've been doing it forever. How long? You know, they shut down Severino to end one year, and then they said he was coming back, and then he didn't come back until September. You know what I'm saying? When he, and then they tried to pitch him again, and now he's having surgery. And, and he showed like, up late to his dude, playoff game. You've been, you've, been, you've been toying with this dude, just Severino and his medicals for three years. You know what I'm saying? Like, but they were right about Tanaka. Girardi. They were right about Tanaka. Tanaka has pitched. And, and he, he hurt himself two and a half years ago. And he's still pitching. And he, even though he's not a great regular season pitcher, numbers will tell you he's one of the best playoff pitchers to ever play. So, I mean, this guy pitches in big games. But there's so many guys getting hurt that they always tell you are coming back. Right. Oh, James Paxton. Guy, you know, Greg Bird's coming back, Stanton's coming back, Judge is coming back, and, and all the injuries kept piling up and piling up. And then you find out that they're worse than first reported, and then it's going to take longer. And then, and then magically, it's healing now. It's oh, healing now. Setback. Aaron Judge did come out uh, the other day, so all you fans know that Aaron Judge did come out and say that it is healing slowly, but it's healing, and he's feeling a lot better. So there will not be any rib surgery like the Yankees came out, why would you tell the press that? It, it's so stupid because they become the laughing stock of baseball because they're like, oh, the Yankees are turning into the Mets. They don't know how to control or protect their players. That's what it's turning into. And, and to me, it's a joke. If, it is. It's a joke. If, if I were a Yankees player, this is just me, and I know that you're going to call me a hater and say, oh, oh, you're a Red Sox fan. That's why you say that. I know all your responses. But if I were a Yankees player, I'm not even going to any of their doctors for anything. As soon as their doctor tells you something, I'm going to my own dude to get myself checked out because I wouldn't trust them. 
as of right now, the Yankees need to prove that they can be trustworthy again. They hired new trainers. They they brought in, and they have uh, everybody knows New York has the best doctors in the world. The best doctors work here. So it's not the doctors; it's the trainers. It's the where, the person that's going into the gym, working out with the guys. And listen, I heard that uh, when I John Carlos Stanton gained five pounds of muscle last year in the off season when he came to the Yankees. I said, for what? The guy <laughs> yeah, is still really. powerful. He's still in great shape. Why are you putting five pounds of muscle on this <laughs> That's guy? That increases his likelihood of getting hurt. And then Aaron Judge is 280 pounds, six foot eight. He's built like an ox. Why are you putting him in the gym, making him weightlift where he's benching four right. or 500 pounds? Why is he doing that? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't care how strong he is, how big he is. He should not be in the gym as a professional athlete at the age of 25, benching 350 to 400 pounds five or six times off his chest. As a trainer, I would not be doing that. And I am a personal trainer, and I'm a licensed personal trainer in two different styles of, of personal training. So I've, I've done it for years, and I train myself. And I'm, ta- I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't want to hear that Aaron Judge can bench 350 to 450 pounds. I, I don't want to hear that because he shouldn't be on the bench doing that. He shouldn't. This is a professional athlete. This is a professional athlete that's going to he, he's going to be probably requesting between 250 and 260 million dollars when his contract's up in a year mm. from now. You would hope he has to stay durable though. <laughs> I don't think he is. I mean I realize I'm going to use an injured guy as like an example of this. We got to go to break. But, but, I, but... I li- but I legitimately don't understand why players lift weights, right? I understand you need strength or you need strength to a degree. I get that. It's that thing. But didn't but didn't Ken Griffey Jr. kind of prove that it's kind of all about hips and core strength and uh-huh. and bat speed and not necessarily I can bench three thousand pounds and and squat whatever. Like you know, like you, there's a lot. Like look at look at Altuve. He's got a lot of pop for a little dude. Say what you want about the cheating. Okay, we can all hit it if we know what's coming. He's still got a lot of pop. Look how the, fat. Look how fat He's Vladimir. Got a lot of pop for a little dude. Look how fat Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is. He's fat. You would look at him at the at the mount, at, at the plate, and you would wonder how the hell is this fat guy going to come around and smash the ball the way he does? And the guy is unbelievable. Cecil Fielder. Remember Cecil Fielder? Buddy, that's- Buddy, that's genetics. Go look at Big Vlad. Oh, oh, well, we we all know about Vladimir Guerrero, but that guy was not as fat as his son. His son is a big dude, man. No, but his, no, but his son is also a lot shorter than Vlad. If you oh, went yeah. and looked at Vlad, Vlad yeah. was a much bigger kind of dude. Oh yes, like taller, yes, like taller, yes. But th- but th- Vladimir but Jr. Point, like, yeah. but that's like the thing to it's me. Technical. Like, you see yeah. a lot of dudes with like, with like pop, I like. You know, like like Speedy said, you get hurt when you lift muscles, and if there's too much muscle, you get hurt that way. Like people should be, you know, do the TB12 method, do some Pilates, do some yoga, core strength, like strengthen that way, not lifting. I mean, you got to lift weights to a degree. You got to still have strength. Yeah, two hundred twenty-five pounds max. What you can bench. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. You know, I'm the fir- I'm the first worst, first person and the last person that will agree to agree, agree with you. I do not want know why Aaron Judge is 280 pounds worth of muscle. He should have cut at least 20 or 30 pounds. I I, I understand why everybody thinks Zion Williamson is never going to be successful in, in the league, but it's very hard for a guy with that kind of muscle, especially in his lower part of his body, to cut that kind of weight. So. It's going to be harder for somebody like Zion than Aaron Judge, where most of his weight is in his upper body, where you can cut, you can cut that kind of muscle out of your diet and stuff like that. So, but Aaron Judge is so tall, he could be a lot leaner than he is. You know? Yeah. 
No, no, I, I agree. I, Aaron Judge should not be he that big. Need to be some muscle bound idiot. No, he doesn't. But he is. And I, uh, that's why I've been saying this many, many times. It's not about strength. It's about technique. I've said this over and over again. Baseball is all technical. A-Rod has said this over and over again to players. That when he played baseball, what made A-Rod so special is he used to be able to see the seams. When the, when the pitcher lets go of the ball, he could see the seams and the way it twists or how it's falling before it even got to the catcher, he would see it. So he knew where the ball was going before the ball went there. So he could predict where the ball was going to land in the, you know, in the glove by, by watching film and, and seeing the pitcher and the way he, he, his release point. You have to be technically, technically good. Darrell Rivas, when he played football, he said, well, how did you become so good? And every, all these corners have asked him, why were you so good at what you did? Darrell Rivas came out and said, the reason why I was so good, because I watch film. And I know where the guy is going to run, where his, his takeoff point is, and where he's going to use his routes, where I'm going to be able to cut into his routes and take the ball from him. He knew that because of watching film. And that's where professional sports, the best athletes in the world are the best at that. Peyton Manning. Why was he so good at a, as a quarterback? And why was he so good at stopping and beating up defenses, d- defenses that he, he beat up against in the regular season? Because he watched film. He studied different types of coverages. But when it came down to it in the playoffs, he couldn't he didn't play as well because there were coaches that would use different plays, different different coverage disguises. Coverage disguises different that threw more complicated him off. defenses, yeah. But I think that's a lot of people's problems. They think if they lift weight, like they're just gonna hit so many more home runs and uh, you know, I just, I think more people should be concentrating on you know, look at what happened to Tiger Woods, right? He went weight. Oh, I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to be huge. I'm going to be so strong. Dude, he was a better player when he was just filled with core strength and he was a little skinny dude. And he got hurt when he was lifting weights. Yeah, he was doing like steroids, too. It seems like every tournament he was leaving because of a back problem. He was doing steroids, too. He was another one that has been caught with uh, the same trainer and doctor that A-Rob was using. He was definitely doing right, but steroids, it does, too. But it doesn't matter. Like, right. these aren't sports that you need to be No, you're absolutely bulky right. in. They're quickness sports. No sport. Like, I realize Ken Griffey got hurt a bunch of times and had some leg injuries, whatever. But go and look at Ken Griffey and his body. He was rail thin, and he used a pound home run. I agree with you, Jeff. In none of these sports, you have to be a big dude to be a superstar. And that's a fact. Go look at every single sport. Some of the best players in basketball are skinny little twigs. And then you see some of the best players in basketball, big, huge guys like LeBron James. Same thing with baseball. Mike Trout is a big man. But then you look at Mookie Betts and you're like, how is this guy one of the best players in baseball? And look how thin he is. Look at it. It's not about strength. It's not about that. It's, it's not, technique. It's not. Mookie Betts might have the quickest hands in baseball. He's there. He's definitely there. He might have the quickest hands in baseball. He, it's ridiculous. You don't need, you know, it's just about bat speed. It's like golf. They have that speed and vision, smash yeah. factor, which is like club head speed and ball speed. And it's gotten so technical. You don't have to swing hard to, to get things to move. It's a, it's a, you know, it's an inertia thing. You know, all you got to do is do the math problem and, and find out how to, you know, get more power into it. And that's what that's baseball why they're is. stressing launch angle all the time for baseball and exit velocity. That's what baseball is now. It's all uh, really 
chemistry and mathematical equations. That's what it is. They use these different torques of the ball. It doesn't make sense to me. Aaron Judge is lifting weights, and all these guys are lifting weights. Like I feel like they're just asking for more injuries and more problems. Absolutely, their joints, their muscles. As you get older, and I can tell you right now, I'm I'm into the gym. Thirty, going to be thirty-eight in April, and I'll tell you this straight out: my body. Every time I work out, it doesn't heal the next day. It takes two days for that body part to even come close to healing. And I don't take any protein. Now I have to take more in of protein to heal quicker because I never took protein at the time that I was 20 years old and I was doing the things that I was doing in the gym. So, And then you would you be a baseball player playing 162 games or whatever. You, yeah, your body gets sore. Many they play, obviously they're gonna Jeff, I played off, street but... hockey. I played street hockey the other day. And I, I die, and I, I'm, I'm not going to brag, but I dominated. But I'll tell you straight out, I, I'm not going to brag. I dominated, played with a bunch of people. But uh, I got after that, my shoe broke during the game, so I played with one shoe for an hour and a half. After the game, I was so sore for like four days. Oh, my back, my neck, my arms. I got hit with a, I got hit with a puck in my shoulder, my shoulder, my elbow. Dude, it, it's not the same. When I was a kid, I would go back the next day and play, and do it over and over again. I used again. to play a bunch. I used to p- play a bunch of street hockey. You want a tip? It'll help you. I swear to God, it'll help. What you. is it? Do you know what Tiger Bomb is? No. Go go to like CVS or Walgreens or whatever, and go get a little. It's a little tiny jar. It's called Tiger Bomb, and just rub a little on your joints, like your knees, your elbows, your shoulders, and stuff before you go play. Interesting. It'll it'll one yeah one hundred percent help you. Hmm. It'll one, yeah, it'll loosen you up. It'll make you feel good, and you'll be less sore and won't need as much recovery time. You know, it's like, it's like an icy hot thing. Only it's only it's Tiger Bomb. And it's freaking awesome. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. Thanks, Jeff. Errol, always a pleasure. Speedy, what are you doing in Errol's basement again? Get out of there. Social distancing. Get away from him. <laughs> Goodbye, Jeff. Well, you guys know him as Jeff. He is an interesting guy. You didn't get the picture up there. You didn't have the picture up there. But that's okay. Uh, when well, we I didn't want to mess with the, the streaming. When we come back, we'll finish up with uh, the rest of the show. I know we got to finish up with some baseball talk. And we have some football talk when we come back here on Below the Mic. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Yes, we're back. As you know, below the mic, Speedy Peedies, Big Time, Track. Here we go. Five, six, seven, eight. Welcome to your life. Sing it, yeah. There's no turning back. You better sing this louder. Even while we sleep. Sing it, Speedy. We will find you acting on your vibrating behavior. Turn His your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to and we rule You know any more words, Speedy? I might be able to do the next part. I'll see how much I remember. I know the words over there, you know? No, they're they're not in there like the last one. 
It's my own desire. <laughs> it's my only voice. It's starting to scare me, Spirit. Help me to decide. There you go, Ghost Man. Help me make the most of freedom speed. and the pleasure. Nothing no ever lasts forever. Everybody likes the pink vibrator. There's a world in life I'll find you. That's Hold why I will vibrate to find you. you down. And it's true, I'll be right behind you. I'm so glad we almost <laughs> made it. So sad we had to fail. Oh, Everybody wants to beat speed. 631! 971-8070 is the number to call, or 631-965-4990. As you know, that was Speedy Petey singing, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. We got an extended edition today. Yes, extended, little scary. Speedy's words were pretty much on tact, but again, it's not good enough yet, Speedy. When it hits our Christmas waves, and it becomes on one of our Christmas albums, that should be the lead song of a Christmas album. All right. Sounds good. But you have to wear a Christmas hat. Okay. And a Christmas beard. Okay. Maybe we'll have to um, paint it white. Okay. <laughs> you look like a little Smurf. That would be blue. <laughs> no, well, I guess so. Anyways, uh, remember you can reach us by going to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com and follow us on our social medias. And you guys know how to follow us. I don't have to keep mentioning it, but go to our website. It will give you all the information that you need. Now, Speedy, the other subject, the other story that we needed to get into is... MLB free agency potentially going to go on as normal even if there is a shortened season or a completely canceled season due to the coronavirus. The free agency year that would happen this year for the players that would be their last year would still be their last year regardless. So guys like Mookie Betts, Trevor Bauer, Marcus Simeon of the, of the Athletics. So Mookie Betts might never even play a game with the Dodgers. Yeah, that's, well, how that's crazy what it means. Is that, that's what how it much, means. How crazy will that go? You know, for, for the Dodgers, they'd be really, really pissed off if they lose Mookie Betts. And it quite possibly could happen because Mookie mm-hmm. Betts might have his eye on somewhere else where he wants to play. Where is he from, Mookie Betts, if I'm not mistaken? I think he's from Georgia or Tennessee or something like that. I think Tennessee. I think mm-hmm. somewhere in the southeast, if I remember. Correctly. But we don't know where Mookie Betts wants to go and play. Maybe it's not the Dodgers. Maybe the Dodgers. One year, the Dodgers were expecting him to bring him home a championship, something they haven't had since the early nineties. Or, you know what? Maybe he feels that he he wants to do it elsewhere. So that would be terrible for the Dodgers. They give up the number one prospect in baseball for Mookie Betts, and he never even plays a game with the Dodgers. That would be tough. Yeah, again, it's it'll be interesting to judge because normally what you're looking at with baseball is they judge years based on service time, ju- based on again total number of at bats to some extent. I think when you're judging rookies, when you're judging what's a full year, so it'll be interesting to see how they end up doing that. And if that's the case, it would screw a team like the Dodgers who did trade a lot to get Mookie Betts potentially as a rental, but also could be a long term thing. So would that rush them to sign Mookie Betts? I don't know. Would it would for me? W- I mean, it should, yeah. I'm just saying we'll see how 
along that season. That would scare me knowing that Mookie Betts is going to be expecting a $300 million contract. And if he misses a whole season this year, uh, the Dodgers might sit back and say, we haven't even seen him play in L.A. Why are we going to give him a contract like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to let him go. And if that happens, they practically give up their number one prospect for nothing. So mm-hmm. that's that's, so, that's yeah. a... That's a big no-no. It's a tricky dilemma for a lot of these teams and for a lot of these players now, judging all that, because maybe these players maybe are traded faster as a result. You wonder if any pending free agents in the, amidst this. There is going to be a baseball season, so I wouldn't even worry yeah, about that. But again, depending on how long, if, if it's going to be two months away, three months away, amidst that time, maybe they're more weary to trade them right away, even before the season starts, if they are pending free agents because of this, because they're not going to get the full year out of them. And... Because of these rules, this even a, a completely suspended year would still count. So it's, it's, it's essentially an extended off season. It, it's really it's crazy, and and that's another thing. Rob Manford, yes, Robbie Manford is going to have to figure out because I think when you look at baseball as a whole right now, these are all things that you have to look at on. How is it going to benefit some of these teams and these organizations going forward if this ever happens again? Because this could happen again. It could happen for a longer period of time. It could happen for one full year. I don't think this is going to happen for a full year. But the next time, how do we know if Corona uh, goes away and comes back again next year, it's not going to be 100 times worse. So this is something baseball needs to look at. This is really what professional sports need to look at. I envy the fact that they canceled certain sports and stuff like that. I don't agree with it, but I envy them for not thinking for the money and thinking for the players because that is the most important thing for the athletes. So you have to give them a lot of credit, a lot of these organizations like the NCAA, because what they did is cancel something they should have never canceled. In my eyes, they should have never canceled. Or at least just, again, say you're going to have it later on. Don't completely cancel it. But You could have it in June. They're they're looking out for the best of uh, their players, and I don't blame them, and I – I give them a lot of credit for doing that because me as um, a director of one of these colleges would not be very, very happy, especially when my team had an opportunity to possibly go all the way to the Final Four when we're, we're, we were one of the teams that weren't expected to even be there. There's also a lot of schools that have already lost players to the transfer portals already too, both with basketball and with football and a lot of the spring sports. The, the transfer portals are still active because of this, so who knows what would have happened if they were still there, and again, they would have been screwed anyway. It's crazy. It really is. This whole coronavirus, and uh, this is, I don't like blaming anybody, and some people want to blame the Chinese or blame this or blame that. Listen, this stuff happens a lot. And this isn't the first virus that's come here to America and it's killed innocent people. It won't be the last. It won't be the last, but this is the first time I can honestly say that this has taken over the sports world and really the community and the United States and throughout the country than we've ever seen it. It's, it's unbelievable. And who's to say that this won't happen again or something worse comes around eventually. So that's something to look at uh, as as a fan. Nobody would have thought that baseball, basketball, hockey, and football would have shut down at the same time. UFC, boxing, they've all shut down and canceled their fights for the next couple of months, which has affected not only revenue, but has affected those organizations and uh, associations of, of those organizations. So mm-hmm. um, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. 
All right, Speedy, what is the other story we were going to get into? We were going to get into the NBA salary cap and what could happen to it if the season is either shortened or canceled because of this. And reports have come out it could go drop down anywhere from $8 million per team, which I think the current one is 200 uh, – I think it's 202 or something like that million, so it would have dropped to 180 to anywhere from $15 million if the season is not completed at all and it just ends up being canceled, which, again, that's going to affect free agency in its own right. What, how are max contracts going to be deciphered? Will player values be different as a whole? Will free agents decide, all right, maybe I want just a prove-it year and then to get paid next year? Maybe so. agents want to be potty trained. What do you think, Speedy? I would hope they're potty trained if they're my Are agent. you potty trained, PD? Yes. <laughs> uh, I heard that you're not potty trained and you wear diapers. No, why do you go to the bathroom as much as you do? Do you, you change your diaper every time you go to the bathroom? I went to the bathroom once. <laughs> yeah, but you, you, you seem to go a lot when you're here. There, there might be a reason behind it. Do you have to clean the diaper out? No. You sure? What's wrong with you? No, I'm serious. I, I see white. You know, you ne- never look like you're wearing any boxers or underwear, so I, I would think that you're wearing a diaper. God, you're weird. Do you wear a diaper? No. <laughs> How long have you worn this diaper? Is it it's going on twenty three years, twenty four years? Serious smell worse. If it would, well, you it do was. smell. I, I gotta. I, it would smell I, a lot worse than that. Why is that? Well, why? Because you clean, you change your diaper every single day. If you were accumulating that long, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, finally, we get the beef on. Let's put the beef on because you know we haven't heard from the beef in a long, long time, and I'm sure a lot of fans are just having a heart attack that the beef has not shown up. But do we have him? Welcome, beef. How are you? How are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Good. How about yourself? Well, we haven't heard from you in a while. I, I I've been wondering where the the old beef has been. Well, been busy, you know, serving service in the community at the store. Is that what you call it? Well, what else would you call it? I don't know. I'm going to tell you this. I want everybody dealing to understand with, who we're dealing, who we're talking dealing to. Dealing with right all now. the craziness of the people at the supermarket. Yes. Yeah. Well, we are talking to the Beef, aka Mike from Bayshore. Beef, what would you like to talk about? Well, I want to know, I don't know if you heard, but I want to know what you think about the rumors that are going around the internet about Deshaun Watson going to the Patriots. Wow. Mm, I don't buy that. Well, here's the thing. If anybody's going to trade Deshaun Watson away, it would be the Texans. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, they got rid of Hopkins. So, I mean, to me, what are they going to do? Rebuild now? So, it's like. Well, Deshaun Watson is a perfect piece to build around. Yeah. I mean, this guy. That's what I'm saying. He's a 25-year-old already I'm elite quarterback. About Houston. Why would they want to get rid of him for? Well, I don't think Houston wants to get rid of him. I think Cam Newton has a better chance of going to the Patriots than No, I understand that. Watson. I, was re- I was reading all these rumors online. Yeah, there, there's going to be rumors. Rumors. I, I, everybody I, wants to link everybody to the Patriots just because we don't know who's going to be with the Patriots. Here's a rumor that you could take to the bank, too. Don't be so surprised if the Patriots try to move up and get Tua. Because I, I know Alabama. Belichick doesn't like trading up like that, though. That's going to be a haul you're going to need. Who's his best friend? Who's his best? Nick Saban, I know. But Nick Saban. And who's, not, the best, who's the best quarterback that's ever been that's fine. under... Under center for Nick that Saban still doesn't, in his, that in still his time doesn't, over there in Alabama. That still doesn't connect with how much you would have to trade to the other team to receive that. The Patriots could have interest in Tua. Does that doesn't mean it's realistic think, for them to trade up from 23 all the way to maybe, what, 4 or 3 to leapfrog the Tua, Dolphins? You think Tua, Tua's going in the top 10? He's going to the Dolphins. <laughs> 
Maybe not in the top 10. Maybe not in the top 10. They might okay, get him at 17. All right. So, yeah, if, he, if the Dolphins don't take him at five, okay. But most likely the Dolphins are going to take him at five. Well, I think that's a big, bad move for the Dolphins to draft him at five when you can get an elite offensive lineman or an elite like Simeons sitting right there. Who, who I, I know the Giants are going to trade down. They're not even going to get Simeons. Yeah, the Giants are going to trade down. They're going to trade down. I don't think he's going to be any good in the NFL. I don't, I don't think he's going to be good in the NFL. Tua? Tua? Really? I think, Why? I, I don't think he's going to be as good as people think he's going to be. But yes, that, like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. Watson, like I knew Watson was going to be. A yeah, star. I don't think he'll be that good, but I think he'll be still very good. He'll be a, a top quarterback. You think he's a top ten quarterback eventually? Yeah. No. Yes, I think down I the road he so. will be if he stays healthy. We'll see. Obviously, on I, that because that hip is still something that could no get accumulate over time and could affect his throwing motion, could affect his mobility, obviously. He had hip surgery at the age of 22. Right. So if, it, if that gets re-aggravated, that could be. But I think in terms of judging his he's skill a 20, set. He's a 21-year-old, 20-year-old, uh, somewhere around there, who just had hip surgery. Some, people, you know, kids do not have hip surgery at that age, Speedy. That is, that's bad. For well, no, I, I'm not denying that's not concerning. But I'm saying that's why I don't draft him at number five. <laughs> yeah, the the problem with that is because it's a the quarterback position, it's going to be hard for you to not be able to weigh in the He's circumstances not going in the of, top try, 10. of trying to take it at 18. Now, again, I, I think that I agree with you where if you're the Dolphins and you see something that maybe not a lot of other teams know about his injury status and maybe he will fall as a result, then maybe you can consider that. Because you do have the 18th pick, and you could still trade up with a bunch of the other picks that you have. If if you're scared of a team, maybe 12 or 14 or something like that, taking him, or like you're saying, afraid of the Patriots jumping up. But still, yeah, but my thing is, what what is what is Houston doing by getting rid of Hopkins? And so are they just nobody understands on, why they're getting the rid of Hopkins. Bill O'Brien mismanaged Hopkins all last well because year. he thought he was another Aaron Hernandez. He came out and said <laughs> that he thought that Hopkins was another Aaron Hernandez, which. Everybody knows Aaron Hernandez was a head case, but uh, everything that we heard through Belichick and Kraft that he was very respectable on and off the field. So for uh, for O'Brien to say that he was another Aaron Hernandez is a crazy statement when uh, Bill Belichick and the coaching staff and the owner has said that Aaron Hernandez was nothing but respectable on and off the field when he was a Patriot. So I have no idea what O'Brien is doing to that team. And now that he's running the organization as a GM and a coach, I think it's only going to make the organization worse. He is not oh, trading. Has. <laughs> he is not going to trade to Sean Watson. He's not you don't doing think it. So? No, he's not. No. No, and, and they're not really cash strapped either, so they can afford to pay Deshaun Watson now that they now that they don't have to worry about Deshaun Watson. Hopkins, now that Deshaun they don't have to worry Watson, about some of their defensive players. Deshaun Watson, when healthy, is a top five quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. He's a top five quarterback in the league in every single aspect of the game. Now, I, I understand you're going to put Drew Brees. Let's take Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and all the old guys out of the equation of the top five. We're looking at the new and improved NFL quarterback. And Deshaun Watson's in top five. Why would the Texans trade away Deshaun Watson well, when he is like, 25? Why, why would they trade away Hopkins? Because Hopkins that's is 29 that's years that's old. Your, Hopkins that's is tw- your best, That's your best receiver. He's 29 years old. And maybe as much as Watson and him got along, maybe they didn't get along on and off the field. Maybe there was something behind it that we didn't know. And we might oh, not maybe, know. He's extremely durable. He doesn't have any off-field issues. Yeah, which which if you're going to decide who to get rid of at that point, you're getting rid of O'Brien, not a top receiver in football like that, who's been very healthy. 
He's been very consistent. Hopefully, David Johnson stays healthy. If David Johnson stays healthy and he becomes the star that he was with the Arizona Cardinals, nobody's going to be saying anything. Trust me. Yeah, but again, that guy is running all over. He was good for what a year and a half. I mean, that's he wasn't even great for. Yeah, but even even before that, when he was a young player, he didn't even start right away. You know what? He he could have a good season there because it's on a new team. He's refreshed. You know, it's it's a different atmosphere. I think so too. Good. Yeah, David Johnson's a good player. The he question could. is, and don't he give me your crap because two years, like Speedy, uh, two years ago, Speedy, you were picked that number one in our league, and you you picked him. So uh, I don't want to hear. I don't. Yes, I didn't have number one pick in no. the league the first time. Two years ago, no, you whoever you picked that number one, your number one pick was David Johnson. One year, two years ago. Yes, she did. It wasn't maybe you weren't the number one pick, but you were a pick, and you picked David Johnson. Oh, you're talking about round. my rankings. No, you picked him. You picked him. I never had him on a team. Yes, she did. No, I don't think I ever did. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And in one of our leagues, I don't think so. Yes, she did. I don't remember well, that at all because I I picked late the first year. The, the next two years, I picked him. You middle. picked David Johnson, and I never had David Johnson. Yes, David Johnson was a top three pick for 2017. I didn't pick there. I think I took I I took Amari Cooper or something, and then a T Y Hilton. I think I took two receivers or something like that. You're wrong. Go ahead, Speed. Um, so, beef. So now, what is so now? What is now? So what do the Patriots do? They run with their rookie, or do they try to get like a Cam Newton or somebody else? If I were the Patriot, if I was the Cowboys right now, no, I'm talking about the Cowboys. Guys. If I were the Cowboys right now, I I know Cam Newton was a big Cowboy fan growing up. I would do everything in my possible as I possibly can to bring Cam Newton to my team. He fits better in the West Coast offense. He, if he's a hundred percent healthy, he's way better than Dak Prescott. It, let's be honest, he's way better than Dak Prescott, and he's been to a Super Bowl. He didn't win, but he's been there, and he was the MVP of the league a couple of years ago. This guy is still an elite quarterback at the age of 29, and he's still an affordable contract. He really is. He signed that contract, what was it, two and a half yeah, years but, ago? But I, think, I think, but I think the Cowboys are all, I know what you're saying, but I think the Cowboys are all in on Dak. They're but, idiots. I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't be all in on him. I wouldn't be. Cam Newton's an elite quarterback. There is no reason why they shouldn't make that phone call. Because the fact that going to, the fact that Carolina didn't get the fact that Carolina didn't get anything for Cam Newton is a catastrophe. It's an absolute catastrophe. This guy was one of the best quarterbacks in the league was, a but, year but and a half ago. He's very injury prone. Uh, every quarterback is injury prone, buddy. No, but he's he's more injury prone than other quarterbacks. He's he's like one of the most. And and the guy could still throw. He can make every throw. He can run. He could do everything. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. I'm not taking his ability away. I'm just saying. If he, Dad, if how old is Dak Prescott? How old is Dak Prescott? Twenty six. Twenty. Yeah. Twenty five. Twenty six. Uh, how old is? How is? How old is Cam Newton? I think he's thirty one. Is he thirty one? Cam Newton? Is he over thirty? Let's see. Dak's twenty six. I think Cam Newton's twenty uh, thirty one. Is he thirty one? He's thirty. He's thirty years old. So you're thinking about Cam Newton's only four years older than Dak Prescott. And he's achieved more at the age of 26 than Dak Prescott did. Okay, so I to me, Cam's still in the prime of his career. Cam could be a good quarterback for the next five, six years. If you were the Cowboys and you can get Cam Newton, who still has four years four years left on his contract, which is an affordable contract, I make that move. I make that move if I was the Cowboys. He, well, money wise, yes, I, I, I can see a point. He's better than but, Dak I mean, Prescott. He's better than Dak. But my, my problem with Cam Newton is he, he he's too injury prone. 
That's You're going to tell me five five years in the last five years, Cam Newton is not an elite quarterback because he because he is. Well, two of those five years, yes, he was in the league. He's healthy. Yeah, he was hurt for three of them. Yeah. Well, he wasn't hurt for sixteen. It was just they regressed really badly. The whole team really regressed. He wasn't really well, injury prone. Still, but, but he wasn't a good eighteen and nine, eighteen and nineteen. He he was injured. He was great in the that, first half of that eighteen season, and then he started to yeah. have injury issues. Yeah, but I'm I mean, telling you, but where I think he's going to go. I think he, there's a good chance he's going to the Patriots. San Diego's a team that everybody keeps talking about right I think now. That's where he's going. And now I've been hearing, as the lead guys, the lead organization is the Washington Redskins, back with Juan wow. Rivera, which I, I I can see that happening in a heartbeat. And if that happens, Dwayne Haskins is gone. Mm-hmm. That's it for Dwayne Haskins because they have Allen there now, who was the backup quarterback for Cam Newton. And Juan Rivera in Carolina, they got him backing up Haskins right now. And if now Cam Newton comes to the team, it's bye bye Haskins. And uh-huh. as crazy as it may sound, when they they had that, you know that, and Haskins looked good in the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. Where are they going to trade him? What are they going to do with him? Because you're not getting a first round draft pick for him. No, no, not bad. No way. Nope. You're not even going to get a second round pick for him. And if no, I would, no, and, and I'll tell you this right now, if I were the Cowboys, if I were the Cowboys, if that if he becomes available. I'd absolutely go after Dwayne Haskins for a third or fourth round draft pick because then he is your quarterback of the future. Dak's there on a franchise tag this year, and you get rid of Dak, and then you have Dwayne Haskins, well, who, by the way, Jerry well, wanted to draft last year. Supposedly that the, the Dak and the Cowboys are talking again. Oh, so I, don't, I, I want to know what the money is. That's what I want to know. Between 30 and $35 million, that's what he's going to get. How much? Between 30 and $35 million, that's what he's going to get. And and I'll tell you this right now, the Cowboys would be well, making. No, they offered him. They offered. They already offered him thirty three million. So he'll he get thirty five. He'll get two more million dollars. He'll he'll get it. Or he'll get something in terms of incentives. He's gonna get no, but it. I, but what for I'm them, hearing is it's also it's also the Cowboys want to give him a five year deal. He wants a four year deal. So I think that's what the issue is. Well, I think he well, wants a four year deal because he doesn't want to be there. Then they'll have to adjust the money appropriately, where maybe it would be that's the same combined saying, amount. I think, that's what, I think that's a big issue right now. But I mean, I don't want to give this guy no more than, than thirty thirty five million dollars. I mean, I wouldn't even pay him thirty. Right, but it might not even be a year to year basis. It might even be what is the what is the combined salary it. you want? What is it. the guaranteed money? And what's the year rate? Cam Newton goes to the Redskins. Dwayne Haskins becomes available. Uh, Jerry Jones loved Dwayne Haskins in the draft. Uh, he just didn't have uh, enough spaces to, to get up there because they traded him for Amari Cooper. So they couldn't get, they didn't have a first round draft pick last year. And yeah. Dwayne Haskins sitting there right now, and, he, and all they're going to probably get is a third or fourth round draft pick. You don't make that trade for Dwayne Haskins? I would. I would. I, I absolutely would. would. I yeah. absolutely would. Not in, I wouldn't even think twice I would make that trade. Yeah. And you uh, and you know, won't have to give up much for Dwayne Haskins. You're not, because Dwayne some Haskins. T- something tells me that's going to get over thirty five million dollars. Something tells me I, that I Cam Newton's going to Washington. And that could I, happen too. I think it's going to happen. Would they pay? Would they pay him that kind of money though? Oh yeah, Washington. Oh, it's the Redskins. It's the Redskins, of course. What am I thinking? Cam Newton. Cam Newton. Cam Newton will make the money Dak's supposed to make. Dad Snyder will pay him thirty four million. And I think, and I think Cam Newton can make them a winner. And just think about it this way. There is no longer uh, what's the corner? Um, um, Josh Norman. Josh Norman's no there, longer there because jo- as soon as Juan went over there, he got rid of Josh Norman. He didn't want him there, which is bizarre because yeah. he's bringing back his other former players. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, Josh Norman, who's not a number one corner, but is a lower end number one corner. He didn't is, like Josh Norman. What? 
Obviously, yeah, he still drafted him, though. <laughs> I don't know. No. So he didn't draft yeah. him. Gettleman did. Well, yeah, but he was the coach there. He still has no. sway in terms of who gets drafted. He didn't want him there. No, no I, I, know you're, I know you're a big Jet fan. What do you think about Robbie Anderson leaving your team? I'm happy. <laughs> Are you? I'm happy. They brought in Perriman, who I think could do as much in less. And he's, he's got right. better hands. He's practically the same Slightly, size. But yeah. <laughs> he, 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 he practically has the same body tone as Robbie Anderson. He can run routes better than Robbie Anderson. So, uh, I, I, and, and you only signed him for one year, $5 million. Right. I think the Jets got him for a deal. They got Crowder yeah. there. Uh, they're probably going to draft a wide receiver in this year's draft because it's really cluttered. With Where all, they draft with position. They're, 11, they're number 11 overall. If Judy is sitting there the way they're building their offensive line, the way they are, and they, they made some plenty of moves so far this offseason, bringing in almost four offensive linemen, I could see them drafting a wide receiver. And if Judy is sitting there at 11... He's the best route runner easily in this draft. Some people compare his route running to Julio Jones, and 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 he's he's and they're saying that he's a much more bigger talent than Amari Cooper was when he was coming out of uh, Alabama. Uh, Judy uh-huh. is going to be a star in the league, and it, why not bring him over there to New York Jets with Sam Donald for the next ten or eleven years? I mean, you you, you see a dynamic. You give Sam Donald a dynamic route runner that can do everything, and he's not a big mouth like Odell Beckham is. This guy wants to do it on the field. That's what he does. So yes. uh, that's what the Jets need. They need a guy, a playmaker. And if they bring well, him they in, need a playmaker. Well, they still need to be their offensive line. They got to protect Donald. So. Well, they well they they could do that later in the rounds. And I like what they've done so far with their offensive line. They added four offensive linemen. To that offensive line, they already they still kept two guys, three guys. Harrison uh-huh. is still there. Winters is well, still there. They're, they're still there. Yeah, they have the, the rookie. That division now is, I mean, on paper is the Bills right now. So. Right well, now, yes. Yes. As far as talent is concerned, it's the Bills. But you'd be surprised if the, if, if OJ, if uh, what's his name again? Um, uh, the, the linebacker from for the Jets, CJ Mosley, mm-hmm. stays healthy, and Williamson stays healthy this year. The Jets, their defense could be as good or even better than Buffalo. That's how. Did you watch what what no, CJ Mosley did in the yeah, first we, in the first game that, of the yeah, season? We, yeah, I mean, they were yeah, dominating. They, were they looked really, yeah. really good. But we, we, we watched that first game together. Yeah, they have game. to stay healthy. The Jets have to stay healthy. If the right. Jets' defensive line stays healthy and they finally open up uh, opportunities for Williams to become the player and the stud that they thought he was going to be. And the Jets are going to be a, a very good team, and they could be the, easily the best team in that division. Uh, they have the best quarterback in the division, so I, and yeah, I believe that. Yes, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, yeah. I believe that, and I, and I think that when the kid figures things out and they put weapons around him, we're going to see a completely different, you know, slang for the Jets not being the weakest quarterback link team in their division because mm-hmm. they won't be. They'll be yes. one the strongest or the one of the strongest in the division. So yep. I, I I like where the Jets are. I like where they're sitting. I don't like Adam Gase. I'm not very happy with that. That we're gonna have to see well, another year. You were happy when you first got him. I because I thought first of all I was happy from the fact that it, it was either him or McCarthy. I didn't want Rule because I didn't want a rookie coach. I don't want rookie uh-huh. coaches. I wanted a guy that has done it in the NFL. Adam Gase. Has done it. He doesn't have a, he, going to the Jets. He didn't have a losing record, and and he played he played with a backup quarterback forty two out of the seventy something games that he had with. Well, them. let's let's see what he does this season, and if he has the same season again, then you know you got to get rid of him. Oh yeah, 
I, I think uh, I he's think an he's, average coach. So you got to see what you can do with the young if, players. If, so if he goes eight and eight, then he he's got to go. Well, if he goes eight and eight, they make the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe with a seven team, knowing the AFC. Yeah. Well, no, that, that that's not this year. That's next year. That no, no, that's this year. That's the this year. the seventeen no, the no, seventeen game. Yes, you know, Mike. The playing, the, games the seventeen year, game. Se- yes, the seventeen game season starts either next year or two years from now. The seven teams making the playoffs thing does start this year. Are you sure about that? Yes, I, I, I think I so. Think yes, I think that is. And 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 and, and so. there will be a team that makes it that is eight and eight, which I think is stupid, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and the Jets could be the team to be the eight and eight team and squeak right in and go all the way to the Super. It could happen now. This stuff could happen. We could see this. Wow. So it's going to be crazy, man. This this additional, you know, adding two more teams to the the pile of teams that already make the playoffs, it gives you another. Well, one. It'll, like it'll make it. getting the one seed more vital because the two doesn't get the buy anymore. I think it makes either. the game a little more interesting. You know, it does. It'll make the well. It, again, it depends on also the way the the teams are laid out too. If you do have a and Tom Brady a team that scraps in, Tom Brady, they might go- not be as competitive either. And Tom though. Brady's going to the NFC where the NFC is a lot stronger and a lot better, and he's going to a lot better division. He's not in the Jets, in the Miami Dolphins, in mm-hmm. the and the the Buffalo Bills division anymore. He's in a division with a lot of talents. Mm-hmm. A lot, and I still and I still think Tampa Bay is going to win that division next year. Okay. They could, but they got to improve other things too. They're they're not better than the other Atlanta or New Orleans right now. They still they're have to do other Atlanta. things. They're, they're not better than Atlanta than overall. Atlanta lost some Atlanta. pieces, but they're still not better. They need they need you in Atlanta. You had Atlanta, you had Atlanta win a division last year. Okay. I, I think There's, Atlanta. I think Atlanta this year, if their defense defensive players stay healthy, Atlanta's going to be really, really good. I, I think they're going to wow. be really, really good this year. And they have a lot of they have draft stock, draft stock this year. They got a lot of draft. Yeah, stock they have an extra year. second yeah. from I, the I Patriots. They're a good team. Good. The problem is they cut so many pieces already, which was weird. But I'm not saying the gap hasn't closed. I think Tampa's a good team. I, I'm not saying the gap hasn't closed, but I don't think they're better right now. Being their secondary still very young. Secondary terrible. Okay, it's not right. a they're, good they're still young all at once. Their and they offensive have, line they has have issues. no offensive line. They're run, they have they're no run offensive line. They're run, they have interior. Their tackles are bad. Dude, their, their offensive run game, line stinks. Right, their tackles are bad. They're good in the interior. They're what run, does that mean, interior? What center and guard? Oh, Marpet Marpet's a good guard, and Ryan Jensen's a good center. But beyond that, they really don't have much. And then their running game is another question mark too. All right, yeah. beef. We uh, shall see. All right, man. Thanks for happens. calling, my friend. All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Be safe. Good, put him on. Hello, who are we speaking to? Hello? Samantha, I'm on my radio show. Call back later. Oh, sorry. All right. All right, bye. Bye. Oh, I thought that was somebody else. It was my sister. There we go. Try to put somebody else on till the end of the show. We went over the time. We didn't uh. finish up. What we were going to talk are, about. Are, are we still doing the, 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 the sing-along? Or you want to wait till next week? I'll wait until next week. All right. That's it for our show, ladies and gentlemen. Below the mic, we will be back next Thursday at 6 p.m. I will have a guest next weekend on the show. So stay tuned for that. Uh, an ex-NFL player. So I will have Ooh. him on the show next week calling the show. Maybe video. So we'll see if we get the video stuff in. Uh, we might be able to do a video. So stay tuned for that. Until next Thursday, I will talk to you guys on Monday. No Caged In MMA this week. That will be next week. Four days next week with me, Speedy Petey, and Anthony Anderosi. Until then, this is Errol Mark, Speedy Petey, saying goodnight. And we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.